Let's pray. Father God, as we just sung these very rich and true words, there are many reasons to praise you and to worship you and to bless your holy, holy, holy name. So here we are, Father, together, and we're eager to have you meet us right here this morning, collectively and individually. Minister to us, to us in ways, Lord, that maybe only you know about. And as we open your living, your active word, may you use it in the deepest places of our hearts, in our being. And change us, Father, uh, to be more like your son. And we'll be sure to give you all the thanks, all the praise, and all of the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, again, good morning. So good to be here and good to see all of your faces. Um, missing last week, it seems, seemed a little odd not to be right here in this place last Wednesday, right? Hope you enjoyed the break. Well, this morning, um, as we come to the uh, second part of chapter three in our study of Hebrews, we're gonna be discussing and learning about this thing called rest. And just the sound of that word sounds kind of nice, doesn't it? <laughs> if someone says to you, no, just take a rest, right? It just sounds good. I don't know if we ever really get to do that, but it, some of you probably don't. But just the sound of the word rest sounds good, doesn't it? So I thought about where do we see this word, where to hear this word? Well, you know, as you're traveling on the interstates for a long time, and still today you come to these things called a rest stop, right? Which I never really understood that because... Actually, I'd prefer to stop where there's a Starbucks. <laughs> but these rest stops that you swing in and you get out of your car, you're going maybe 77, 79 and a half miles an hour and you zoom into a rest stop and you get back in your car and back, you know, at nearly 80 miles an hour. Doesn't seem very restful, does it? And then I thought about uh, when I was in the hospital after I had our first, fourth, that first is not even a number, but our fourth child was born, and I was in the hospital, and I remember the nurse coming in and saying, uh, we're dismissing you today, and you can go home and get some rest. And I thought, really? If it's all right with you, I'd like to just kind of hang out here for about a month and a half, right? That would be some rest. But today, in our study of Hebrews, we come to a rest offered to the people of God, a deep, abiding, eternal very needed, very present, here, now, and then, rest for God's people. So, um, let's look at it together. If you have your Bibles uh, open, I'm going to read for us, again, about halfway through chapter 3 of our study, um, beginning in, at verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today... If you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion. On the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test, and saw my works for 40 years, therefore I was provoked with that generation, and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers lest there be in any of you an evil, 
unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest, as he has said, as I swore in my my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world— For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage, he says, they shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remains, therefore since it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Again, he appoints a certain day today. Saying through David so long afterward in the words already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works, as God did from his. Let us, therefore, strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And let me add, since then, beginning at verse 14, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of God, that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. Mm, Rich, rich words, aren't they? The author of Hebrews gives his brothers, his Christian audience, a strong warning to keep the faith, to not turn away or forsake the gospel that they had heard and believed. 
they were facing persecution, right? And were beginning to wonder if Jesus was really worth it. Was he really worth it? So they needed this strong warning, this encouragement. Uh, which brings us to our memory verse. Um, and we're going to say this together. I know we've been off for a week, so maybe you've forgotten, but let's say it together. Uh, this strong warning, exhortation, encouragement that we find in our chapter today, we're going to say it together and then we'll recite it together, okay? Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. All right. That's a good one to commit to memory, right? Let's, let's try it together. thought I had it here in front of me. <laughs> let's try it together. All right. All right. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another as, day, as long as it is called today that maybe deceitfulness of sin. 3, 12 through 13. Very good. Thank you. Mm. Well, we're going to come back to that. We're going to come, to come back to that warning here in a few minutes. But um, let me, let's, let's look at this first, um, that take care. And, and we'll, exp we'll go further into this later too. But there's this urgency, this, well, this intentionality, right, for our own personal uh, faith, but also for the community of others. But to take care. He says, therefore, therefore, and looking back of what we uh, learned in the beginning of this chapter three, therefore, since we share in a heavenly calling, since Jesus is greater than Moses, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, the Holy Spirit's voice, Psalmist uh, recognizes the Holy Spirit's voice, do not harden your hearts. And this is a theme, uh, the heart, the theme of the heart, uh, and this heart condition we see all through, well, really all through the Bible, don't we? But especially right here in this text. And several times in this passage, the author uses the word today. It's repeated over and over and over again, isn't it? This word today giving a sense of urgency and opportunity to receive grace while it is still today. So this word today meant now, then, and it means now for us today. Today is the day of salvation. And we don't know how long the age of grace, this today, will last. No one knows, right? So today um, is what we, we know and what we have. So he says, today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. So from the words of Psalm 95, we learn of the contrast or comparison the author is trying to make uh, between the rest um, offered to the followers of Moses and their, and their failure to faithfully respond to that, to that of the promised rest for the people of God offered to those following Christ. So he gives this contrast, this comparison. 
We used to tell our children, you can either be a great example to follow or a strong warning to avoid, right? And we find here in God's Word today a serious warning to avoid. The Israelites refused to trust the Lord, and because of their unwillingness to adhere to, trust in, and rely upon God, they were not allowed to enter the promised land and into God's rest. So their disobedience was their unbelief, right? So again, the condition of their heart of unbelief, not necessarily their outward actions, but their disobedience was their unbelief. They had heard the good news, but it was not combined with faith, right? And so hearing the word of God and the believing in the word of God and responding by faith, one believes. They had heard the good news just as we have heard the good news, by faith. So this faith is the leaning of the entire personality. The entire personality leaning on God in absolute trust, power, his power, his wisdom, and his goodness. That's, that's the faith that we're called to. I'll say that again. So this faith is leaning the entire personality on God in absolute trust of his power, his wisdom, and his goodness. All right, well, this is uh, rest. This rest we're talking about is rest from any work or self-effort as far as salvation is concerned, right? Uh, meaning the end of trying to please God by our feeble fleshly works in order to gain our salvation. Uh, God's perfect rest is a rest in free grace. So it's really just a lot easier. <laughs> it's it's believing by faith and surrendering and allowing, uh, our, uh, allowing God's finished work for our salvation, his free grace, and receiving it and having that be our response. So this free grace is promised and given in Christ. And upon, remember, upon, upon finishing his work, his redemptive work, Jesus sat down. He sat down and then he invites you and I to join him in this finished work for our salvation. But this requires a response. He promised it, he gives it, and he offers it, and then we're to respond, right? Okay, so we have a choice here, and we see this in the text as well today. To believe and receive his rest, or to remain in unbelief, uh, and be in restlessness, we'll talk about again. Um, but so we, in believing the gospel by faith and receiving God's rest, or in our unbelief, we resist God's rest. We resist that offer. We resist. And therefore, unbelief forfeits rest. This rest that is to come and this rest that we can experience even now as God's people. We forfeit it, forfeit it in unbelief. So this rest includes, like I just said, the eternal rest, as well as the joy that comes from trusting in Christ and experiencing his rest even now. His joys to come and even the joy that we can experience in him right now is rest. You remember Jesus' words in the Gospel of Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Here's this invitation, this beautiful invitation. Um, and this is as one translation puts it. 
Jesus said, come. Come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. So Jesus offers rest for our souls. Now Moses didn't offer that kind of rest. Joshua didn't offer that kind of rest. But Jesus offers that rest to the deepest part of our being that exists even now in part. Deep, abiding, and lasting, real rest. And we're called to strive to enter this rest. But if you notice what the text says here today, that we're to strive to enter this rest, but this is not to work harder to attain it, right? It's rather the opposite. Um, it is just to believe, to believe this gospel to be true and to believe and enter his rest. So we receive or we resist God's rest. In unbelief, in our self-reliance, instead of experiencing rest, we experience something called restlessness. Oh, we've all experienced that, haven't we? And, and we still do today in part because go, we go in and out of this rest and unrest, right? Um, rooted in our sin of unbelief, we experience in our restlessness, fear, doubt, anxiety, restlessness, right? And couldn't we say that although um, we may have entered by believing by faith, God's rest. At times, as we journey on as, uh, with one another, we experience a restlessness by sometimes operating out of unbelief. So we believe. We don't lose that. We don't lose our salvation. We don't lose that eternal rest, but we can miss out on it at times by choosing to operate, right, in unbelief. Uh, Sorry. There's something in your life and my life that we're struggling to believe that God is, is enough, that his, his promises are true, right? Um, again, uh, and sometimes I don't know that we're even aware of this, or I'm, I'm sometimes not even aware of it. It's my heart. It's a heart condition. So um, I can experience God's rest and at the same time restlessness in one area of my life. Well, God, I believe, I trust wholeheartedly. I lean in on my whole person. I trust by faith. I believe. But then there's this little area over here that sometimes we struggle with operating in restlessness from unbelief. Does that make sense? We may be believing... I, I believe God loves me, but am I striving to gain his love, approval, my significance in other ways? I may believe that my salvation is secure and he promises to supply all my needs, but over here in this area of my life, uh, I'm needing to work into supplying what I think my needs may be. Just a couple of examples. But we all have, we all have those areas at times, right? So um, I know that what that is for me, but what is that for you? So it might be good. I thought that often we could ask ourselves, am I experiencing God's rest? Am I resting in God's grace? Am I resting in God's love? 
Am I resting in God's promises, remaining confident, unmovable, when my circumstances seem shaky? It, it just might be good to ask ourselves that because we're missing out on that rest, complete rest, not complete, but the rest that he offers now. So again, 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 I keep saying, but really is, it's, it's a heart condition. This kept coming to my mind, maybe it did yours too, as I went through this, this passage in this text here this week, I thought over and over and over again, right? It's really a heart condition. So God called the Israelites to love him with all of their heart, right? Uh, with all of their heart. Well, they were unable to, because God knew then, as he he knew today, that um, Jesus was coming to offer us, Christ came and offers us a new heart. Uh, And then we're called today to not allow our heart to become deceitful, uh, because of the deceitfulness of sin, become hardened, but keep our hearts tender towards the Lord. And then we come to the end of this uh, chapter and we say we come to God's word where we open it up and we allow it to expose the deepest parts of our heart that need to be repented or confessed from, uh, exposed before that for the one who we would give an account. So it's just all about our hearts and it's serious. So let's look back at the exhortation and warning given again one more time. I want to read this 312 through 14. Take care, brothers, sisters, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. So there's a big if there in uh, verse 14, and that is not to say um, we're working towards earning the salvation if we do so to the end, but it's evidence that we are in the faith. Our faith is real, that by the end it will show itself, right? To be real and true. So we're called to this um, take care action. Again, not our works, but intentionality of uh, believing and walking in that belief. We need one another, don't we? Uh, We need mutual encouragement to strengthen and sustain us to the end. It says daily, exhort one another, encourage one another, admonish one another, encourage one another daily. Because many times between our today and the end, uh, we're faced with circumstances, questions, temptations, testing sin, right? As we believe in, rest in, and follow Christ together side by side, we're not only, and we see this here, right? And this, we're not only to uh, take care, uh, to keep ourselves, uh, to remain faithful, but we're given this responsibility to keep an eye on each other. There's a call here to live in real community, We see it there, don't we? We can't receive, though, uh, this exhortation, encouragement, admonishment we so desperately need um, to remain strong um, unless we're real. I wonder if you you ever think like I do. I think sometimes uh, we, followers of Christ, um, 
we want to be such a witness to the world that, yes, believe the Father did send the Son. The gospel's true that sometimes we, and even with one another, want to appear as if my faith is so strong. I, I'm good. Got it all together. Everything's good. My faith is strong. I'm not doubting anything right now. Or I'm going through this, whatever this is, right? And, and I'm doing so by faith, and, and there's no reason to encourage me right? I, I don't know if that is uh, true for you, but I wonder sometimes. So without being very honest and being in relationship and community with one another we, that we can be, we miss out on the encouragement we so desperately need. So are we really allowing the gospel to be on display in our lives? We need each other to do this. When we're questioning God's goodness, when we face difficult, sometimes what seems impossible circumstances, we need someone to come alongside us, a couple of someones, to come alongside us and bring us encouragement. Encouragement to persevere, to remind us of the gospel, to keep believing, to believe deeper, to remind us of God's promises that maybe we already know, but we need to be reminded of those. Again, to believe, to believe deeper, to rest. So take care, take care, and then look around us side, to side by side. Well, we're all persevering through something, aren't we? It's called life, persevering through something. Um, again, perhaps it's a temptation and the deceitful, this deceitfulness of sin. Think about those words because sin is deceitful, isn't it? Bit by bit by bit, we can fall away uh, and have our hearts hardened. Uh, perhaps it's a situation you've been enduring for a long time and you're trying to take control because God doesn't seem to be noticing or responding in a way that we think he should. Well, currently, okay, I'll, I'll be first. <laughs> I'll be real. Uh, and I have permission to share what I'm going to share right now, by the way. And I just got permission before I stepped up here because this was not my plan. But um, I will say, I don't know if there's ever been a time in my Christian life that I have been um, ever in a situation where I, I know God's word to be true. I believe in his promises. I know, I know, I know, I know. But oh Lord, show me again, you are good, you are sovereign. And I'm not questioning that in unbelief, but I am asking, uh, tell me again, Show me again, because currently our family has been um, just facing a very difficult situation. This is just uh, new to us in the last couple of weeks. So um, we, have, uh, we have a daughter and her husband that are expecting um, a child, and, and we just desperately need prayer. Um, we're not real sure. We just received a word from a recent ultrasound, um, and again, I have her permission but to share this, but... Um, she's pretty far along, six months along. And so this ultrasound uh, really revealed some very serious conditions. In fact, it's a, it's a very rare, serious syndrome that only one in 6,000 people, only one in 6,000. And I'll just be honest with you, I've had to say, why? <laughs> why? Because sometimes, and in this situation, it doesn't really look good, doesn't really sound good, doesn't really feel good, but God says in his goodness, he'll use it for good. 
I believe that. I know that. I know that. I know that. So last Sunday, we as a family, we went and we worshiped together. And that wasn't in without pain. That wasn't without questions. And, and I think the Lord's okay with that, right? Sometimes we say, oh, Lord, this doesn't feel right. doesn't feel good. But we stood and worshiped. And, and we sang those songs, uh, like we sang this morning, that those words are true. Uh, so sometimes we all are persevering through something, and sometimes we need encouragement. It's a heart condition. It's always a heart condition. Hardening of hearts, deceitfulness of, deceitfulness of sin. Uh, over time and without checking our heart condition, uh, we can be restless. Well, immediately following the encouraging warning in verse 11, the writer uses the word for, as if to say, here is the how and the why. Here is the cure for your unbelief. And it begins to speak on the word of God. And this isn't just, this isn't out of context here. This isn't just kind of set in here, but it follows right along with, right? That we need the word of God. Um, so here it is. Believing the good news, hearing the word of God, and leading us to a deeper faith with God. The need to spend time in linger in, believe in, spending more time in, linger in, studying in God's Word. How important, and He knows we need it. And that rest we have today really is a byproduct of the belief and trust in the work that we allow the Word of God to have in our lives. So in God's word, in my lingering in, spending time in, letting have its way with me, um, I receive that rest. The author uses several descriptive words, right? Speaking of God's word, he calls it living, active, sharp, effective. And so this living and active word, and I thought about it, you look at the beginning of this three sevens as the Holy Spirit says. And this is God's word, because God's word, right, is really his, literally his utterances. It's his word. It's his living word. It's God himself speaking to you. Isn't that amazing that we individually open up God's word and God's speaking to us individually? And then collectively we open up God's word and he's teaching us here this morning. He's speaking to us. So today, if you hear his voice, right, today we're hearing his voice in his word. So it's a living, it's an active an effective word and exposes the deepest, darkest places in our hearts. And why? So that we can be aware because sometimes we're unaware, right? So we open up God's word and we allow it to reveal these things to us as we read it and we come to know him. The author, my grandfather that lived to be 101 would say, the more you know that author, the more you'll know his word. And the more you know his word, the more you know that author. And it's really God himself. We spend time in his word, and then he has his way with us. And to him, we'll stand. Well, to him, we'll give an account, right? So there's a sense of judgment 
in this passage of God's word. But then the, the love that we experience because he knows our need, that we um, have this written word that he's revealed to us today in his son. And he reveals himself to us through his written word that we might know him and that we might then enter, believe, enter, and experience his rest. So I found this quote and um, I was a little convicted by it. So, you know, conviction loves company. So I'll share it with you. <laughs> uh, speaking of God's word, over familiarity with God's ways calls us to hear the stale echoes of his voice rather than his freshly spoken word. He's always speaking. As we open up his word, may it never become stale. His word, his voice, his very utterances that meet us right where we are, exposing our hearts, our deepest, most inward parts. So we linger in it and we allow it to have its way. Right? And there are times, perhaps there's been time in your life, there's been times in life. I may be struggling through something and sometimes it's not so easy or, uh, to come to God's word and to open it up and spend time in it. And so sometimes we can be walking in sin and we can avoid it because there's an uncomfortableness there, right? Well, God invited Moses into his presence by inviting him up on top of the mountain. And then God invited the Israelites into his presence by coming into the temple. And we find in the verses to follow what we're studying here today that God invites you and I into his throne room. Like that's amazing, isn't it? Like right now we're invited, we can come into his throne room, his throne of grace to find our grace and our mercy in time of need. That's amazing. And we do so when we meet him there where he is seated, finished with the work of our salvation. Finished, seated, inviting us to come and spend time in his presence freely, individually and together, and to receive that rest for our souls that only he can offer. Grace in our time of need. Not grace that comes early, not grace that's too late, but grace in our time of need. And I said, I read these words of the last week and a half waiting on blood work and results to come back for this little one we're waiting on. Um, what a comfort it is that he sympathizes and he understands, right, in his humanness. And, and, and there he is and, and ready to meet us, sympathizing with us, grieving with us, and invites us to come and to receive this rest. So take care, because there's an intentionality to this as well, that as we come into his presence, we open up his word, that, it, that we intentionally come recognizing we're meeting, we're meeting Jesus in his throne of grace. So let me just encourage us. Let me encourage myself. I'm encouraging you here this morning, here today, um, that we are called to live in community, following Christ, resting in Jesus, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith to the end, firm to the end, right? So together, I want us to listen in closing to this uh, song that um, I've been listening to, and I want to see if it meets you where you're at today.
So we'll close in listening to this, and when the song's over, you're dismissed, okay? Thank you. Lift up our eyes, we lift up our eyes today.